0: Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo are Back. Howie lads, Con Morch here, and Mayo are Back.
1: Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, it's Mayo are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, Mayo
0: are Back. Hello, it's is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo are Back podcast. How do, Pope Francis here, Mayo are Back. Mayo are fucking back.
2: Let them say
1: what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Mayo are Back. Or back. Hello, how do, in fact, how do, do, do. You're very welcome to season four, episode two of the Mayor Back podcast. You're joined with myself, TJ. Before we get started today, we're going to do what Andy Moran and the movement do. We're just going to wait for a couple of minutes just to make sure everybody has hopped online and everybody is listening and everybody can hear us clearly. So we'll just wait a few more seconds for that now. We'll just not say anything during that time. And now we should have everybody with us listening. And we should have on the line, my compatriot, the guru that you love to hear, Fat Larry. Fat Larry, are you there? Good afternoon, TJ. Fat Larry, you're really, really welcome into the studio today. We've got a really novel aspect of the podcast coming up today that we think the inbreds are going to go absolutely wild for. But... We will come back to that in a minute. We have a small bit of housekeeping to take care of first. Is that okay, Fat Larry?
0: Absolutely. You got to take care of your homes.
1: Well, first and foremost, we want to quickly talk about sponsorship. And we want to talk in specifics about a company that has, you know, over the years Mayor Back have given them, you know, multiple hands up. Plenty of Spawn Con and free advertising to absolutely no benefit of our good selves. Our sound man, Pat Fallon, has told us that legally speaking, we shouldn't name the brand in question. But I suppose to give the listeners an idea, let's just say they're a rather large fast food chain from Galway. Now, Fat Larry, we need to take a good long look at ourselves first here, because before we start blaming anyone else, why were we trying to get on site with these Galway bastards to begin with.
0: We've been doing a lot of favours for this um, takeaway chain back to the last couple of years, and they never so much as even got back to us with a a thank you or, uh, you know, an offer for a bit of cash. We travel up and down following our Mayo boys all across Ireland, and, you know, we tend to drive past a particular outlet that they have and might have mentioned once or twice before on the road to Dublin. And we would stop there for a nice bite to eat. And, you know, after all our work, there was no even, you know, I, I never even got a free, a free bag of chips off them. So I, I'm done with them. I don't know how you feel about it all.
1: I think it beggars belief, Fat Larry, that we weren't offered as much as even a hot chocolate muffin with ice cream on our way up to one of those big days out. And, you know, from here on in, we solemnly swear you will not hear the name of that fast food chain on this podcast ever again. And in fact, it's a good time to offer it out to any local business out there or anyone that wants to just get a bit of a plug for themselves. The Mayo Back advertising bandwagon would love to give you a mention on the podcast. So please, please head on to Twitter at Mayo Back or Instagram. Give us a little DM or you can email us mayoreback at gmail.com if you would like to have, well, let's say maybe a Mayo business that we could Introduce at the start of the podcast, and never go back to dealing with those shower tight poors from Galway ever again. Did you know, Fat Larry? He was charging them six euro a week for food and three euro a week for their uniform—an absolute disgrace.
0: And you know, you think that he would have done a little bit more for us. You know, I think of all the great days coming coming through there and stopping off and getting a burger. I, I think of the day that I saw all the unused. Uh, Mayo subs, all the extended panel dropping in on the party bus. And, you know, I think of all the good days and there were many, but, you know, I think that's soured for me now. The last thing we'll
1: say on that topic is, you know, a lot of people are looking for public health advice. The Mayo are back. Official line of advice at the moment is now, do not stop in that restaurant anymore. There's a fine little filling station across the road, a little sort of a Kind of one of those house, sort of half pub, half house kind of filling station jobbings. That's where you should be stopping in future now, if any, you're heading up to Dublin. And forget about the aforementioned food chain.
0: So if there's any businesses out there, we'd love to to
1: work with you. Absolutely. So get in touch. Now, the next bit of housekeeping we're moving on to is the talk of the... Cordia Mayo are back people have been getting in touch they're very very interested in these cards guys they're going to sell like hot cakes once they're made available to the public and you know they'll be a very very good bargain there will be a good deal from them for example your Cordia Mayo if you are a Cordia Mayo owner you would have paid €200 for that and it's not going to entitle you to absolutely anything this year so for the low low price of €5 your Cordia Mayo are back seems like an absolute steal doesn't it?
0: the The Mayor back fellowship out there, you know, they've been great to us down through the years, and you know, we want to continue on, you know, the the good investigative work that we're doing, you know, uncovering uh, injustices and scandals which are taking place across the county, and you know, for us to do that to the best of our ability, you know, we need to invest in, you know, a bit of equipment and things like that, you know, and just to reassure the listeners out there that whatever money is donated will be directed to the proper cause which of course we can't we, we can't speak as uh, as truthfully about where your cordial my own money goes we'll spend it on what it's supposed to be spent on
1: so to sum up folks if you are interested in getting that getting your business on the mail back podcast or if you're interested in getting one of those cordial my tickets get in touch with us via the page or drop us a little email
0: there's five players, man. Yeah, I think, the two O'Shase, Killian O'Connor, Alan Dillon, and fucking Andy Moore. Mm-hmm. I know fucking well. I know more about the inside of me up. I played it, and that's why I walked away from it. How it takes a football makes me sick to
2: my okay, teeth.
1: Now that all the housekeeping is taken care of, it's time to move on to the subject of this podcast. And it's a new novel idea that we're all very, very excited about. We've invited Fat Larry on to be the first to give his take on the game that changed your life.
0: Well, TJ, when you approached me about this topic a couple of weeks ago, you know, it took me a little bit of time. Now I've been involved myself, as the listeners will know, I've been involved in uh, between club and county games I've been involved in hundreds and hundreds of matches down through the years as both a, a manger a joint manger and a player um, but interestingly enough the game that changed my life you know is a game that happened pretty late on in my life and you know one that I actually was not involved in other than I was just there to look at it and that game TJ was the, the home Ellie semi-final as I've started to call it, Mayo versus Dublin 2015. Excellent choice, Fat Larry.
1: Dear followers, of the page will be aware that we went back and watched that game quite recently, just to rub a bit of salt into the open wounds that are the Homeli sackings. I've got two open wounds on my body and I call them Pat and Noel. And every time that their names are mentioned, it's like pouring a full salt shaker in there. And, you know, that's reflected on our Instagram in these weeks. We're running the Homeli month where we're posting... Honourable pictures and videos of the two chaps for the entirety of the month. And this, of course, has lost us a lot of fans and followers, including Mayo seniors like Ono O'Donoghue. Pat and Noel were the straw that broke the camel's back for him today as he decided to step away from the, being a follower of Mayo or back. But every man to his own. Pat Larry, Croc. we know how much of an important game this was. But I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised when you say that this
0: game was the game that changed your life. TJ, this game changed my life. It changed it inside out, upside down, back to front, whatever way you could possibly think of. This game just had a monumental impact on my life. And, you know, my life, I could call it, you know, it's, it's come in two parts. Before this game and after this game. Now, when I talk about the semi-final, of course, listeners out there will know that the game itself, the first game, a super game of football, ended up in a replay. When I talk about this match, I'm going to probably talk about the two games, you know, t- as as if they were one. Because, of course, the two mangers we had that day, while they were joint mangers, they manged as one. You asked TJ about how the game changed my life. Well, I mean, for me, you know, one of the most incredible moments I ever experienced up in Crow Park was standing on... We were standing on the Nally stand that day. I was standing in a group of... Uh, there was a good band of inbreds there. It's You know, you might have been there yourself, TG. I, 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 some of it is a little bit fuzzy to me. But one oh, of the awesome. memories that stands out for me was standing in the alley stand before that game and the Mayo team, to start, was being uh, announced across the Tannoy. Oh, we came to the corner forward position and the man announcing the, the team said that our corner forward was going to be number 19, David Drake. And I will never forget turning around, a big, burly-looking inbred standing behind me, and he says, who the fuck is that lad? And, you know, that was just an amazing occasion, you know, that we go out in probably the biggest game of that season with a cornerback standing corner forward and a guy that most of us had never heard of, other than that his brother-in-law was Andy Moore, And, um, you know, it, it was an it was an, incredible, an incredible moment.
1: It sure was, Fat Larry. It was one of those moments you'd never forget where you were when it happened. And as you say, a lot of people were in Crow Park when it happened, naturally, as that would be the case. For that type of thing to happen in that sort of particular venue. Now, I'm wondering, that obviously kind of sets the tone. And I, I do think it's very fitting that you would talk about the two games as one the same way that we talk about those two managers as one, a kind of a joint 50-50 sort of a ticket. And the same is the case here. So from the two games altogether, Fat Larry, Mayo versus Dublin, All-Ireland semi-final, Sun splitting the stones, along with that moment of team selection, what are your outstanding memories from that day?
0: Well, TJ, one of the memories that stands out for me was just, you know, it was just the the way that we were manged from the sideline by these you know, two fine joint managers with just such a level of clarity and confidence in what they were doing, you know, they, you know, they just said, you know, they said to Andy Moore and they said, we don't need you. They said to Arnold Dinnell, they said, we don't need you. And, you know, these guys have, you know, been breaking stones for Mayo for years before this. And, you know, Pat and had just so much confidence in guys like David Drake and Mickey Sweeney, you know, and I just, I always go back to that one, you know, when, Mickey got the ball up in the corner and had a shot to win it, you know, and I have no doubt about it that he would have put that ball over the bar on his own if it hadn't been for, you know, probably the likes of Aiden and Killian telling him that he wasn't good enough or he wasn't powerful enough to put that ball over the bar. And I'm pretty sure that's why it was blocked down. And, um, you know, but there were some great moments in those games you had, you know, young players there. I remember Paddy Durkin, you know, a great Mitchells player there. You know, he was showing up all the, the Ballantubber lads and the Braffy lads and then of course Andy was brought on and got that wonderful point and you know we'll always have that image in our mind of him fisting the air you know and the inbreds in the crowd and as you did say yourself TJ it was an incredibly inbred occasion and it was you know there were probably more inbreds there than usual for some reason I'm not sure why but you know for him to fist the air in delight and bring us level it was it was an incredible game I, I can you remember the score you know this I I actually forgot that small detail.
1: Um, I don't remember the score. No, I kind of was relying on the, you know, the way that this game changed your life so monumentally. Oh, yeah. I thought that maybe you would have remembered the score from the day or I know the first day was a draw, if that helps.
0: Well, for argument's sake, I think it was something like two eleven to 17. I think those those two scores out of the same amount. So I'm not sure what the exact figure was. But we know for certain, as you said, that the first game ended a draw and then they had to, of course, replay the game the following evening. Now, the game the following evening, it was, oh, I remember it like it was only four years ago or five years ago now. And, you know, the sun was beaten down. There was, you know, I remember specifically as well on the day, you know, Mick Barrett, his one-year ban from after his antics below in the Gaelic grounds. He wasn't allowed play the first day, but he was actually selected to play the replay because it, his ban had expired during the week. And that really you know, I really felt walking into Crow Park that day that, that, you know, change to the starting team was going to give us a real boost. You know, I think it was amazing how Hummeli put their, you know, their faith in the birds. Of course, they went for the smaller Drake on the first for the first game, but they threw a spanner in the works the second day when they you know, decided to start the big bird instead, and you know this was, uh, you know, I, I remember the Inbreds. They loved this. You know, they loved the idea of, you know, putting the big man in on fr- in on the square. You know, we had big big Edo and big Barry Moore, you know, two big burly, horny men in on front of the goal. I mean, it was it was a sight to behold with the sun shining down and Inbreds burning all around me. You know,
1: hearing you talking about it, there, Fat Larry, it's all coming back to me. I do remember some of the controversial decisions made around that time. Of course, one of them being to start with all five midfielders from the squad playing in varying different positions throughout the field. There was a lot of politically motivated decisions that day as well. I remember the man who's now a politician didn't get a sniff, would I be correct in saying? But what I want to ask you, Fat Larry, is, you know, we had somebody get in touch with the page, not a Homeli sympathiser like your good self, an actual a critic of Homeli, could have been a squad mm-hmm. member, I'm not fully sure, but... The, the feedback we got from them was, going into that All-Ireland semi-final, they were under the oppression that Patton and Noel wouldn't have been able to win a three-legged race, never mind an All-Ireland.
0: TJ, I think, you know, the, the two boys, they were treated, in, in my own expert opinion now, and a man who has obviously manged at all levels of the game, and played for many years as well. You know, in my expert opinion, you know, I think, the, the you know, Pat and Noel were treated so badly. I mean, you know, as far as I can see it, we won nothing when Alan Dillon was playing, and we won even fucking less when he wasn't playing. You know, I, I think, you know, to to throw that at Pat and Noel and, and to talk so badly about them, I think it was... Nothing short of a disgrace. You know, I thought they made some unbelievable moves that day, you know. Um, we remember in the build-up to that game, obviously, Lee Keegan and Jeremith uh, Canelli had their, um, you know, they had their bit of a scrap that week. And it was it was just a really exciting week building up, you know, all the changes and all the, you know, all the controversy that surrounded the, the two teams at the time, you know. And I think, you know, possibly it was a little bit short-sighted by uh, Pat and Noel to maybe start every midfielder in the county that day. Um, you know, but what I was happy to see was that, you know, we didn't have to use any Ballantober midfielders. It was all, you know, the the big names, the big Braithy names and the Mitchells named, And obviously Tom Parsons kept back into the Mayo team that year as well. And it was, it was fantastic, as you said, to see all of those big burly men out in the field at one time. Unfortunately, then, when we had to bring on, you know, the older guys, you know, the Andy Morans and these type of players, we just didn't have the same impact that we had from, we'll say, the Big Bird and all the big midfielders out on the pitch at the same time. I think if Pat and Noel had been allowed to do their job and if they weren't being so, you know, um, influenced by, you know, certain individuals, you know, at the time, that maybe this whole thing could have worked out an awful lot better for us, you know?
1: I do understand. I see where you're coming from, Fat Larry. I have to say I do. You know, you mentioned... Jeremy Kennelly there, and that was one of the big talking points around that time was his rivalry with Leroy Keegan. And that battle took place on the pitch, but Kennelly faced his own battle in the courtroom when he had to appear on Friday, thir- Wednesday, Thursday and Friday night, just to get clearance to play that game the second day. What were your thoughts on that decision by the the higher powers there and the disputes resolution authority and the big, big dicks above in the Dublin GEA. Do you think Mayo were shafted that time by, by John Horan and his men?
2: TG,
0: I wouldn't just say that we were shafted on that day. We were, you know, we were absolutely rolled in that instance by the big dicks, the Dublin GEA, the, the GEA, the AIG, uh, AIB, um, you know, Vodafone, Guinness, Bank of Ireland, all the big sponsors up there. They were all, you know... They were all against us, and they were out to get us, and they got the best lawyers on the job. Of course, they paid them well, no doubt, to get uh, to get Jeremy Canelli off the charges. You know, but I think the big move that we should have made that week, you know, and it was a mistake on our behalf, you know, was that um, we were due to get um, our own solicitor. You know, Noel Kennelly had said that he was going to, you know, uh, argue the case that Jeremy Kennelly himself should have been suspended and we didn't allow him to enter the courtroom. And I think that that was, you know, I think that was the move that, you know, broke it for us. We didn't have our best men fight in our corner. And I think that's why Kennelly got to play. And ultimately he had a very big uh, impact on the game itself. Now, I'm a little bit um, light on the, you know, technical and the tactical uh, details from that game but I do remember a lot of the controversy and the shy talk that surrounded it was was really what what I was more remembering rather than the game itself, you know?
1: Don't worry about that at all, Fat Larry. As you know, as I know, and as our listeners well know, technical and tactical jargon have never been our strong points here at Mayo or Back. We're here, of course, to make suggestions. And to offer advice and to, you know, ask the hard questions that aren't being asked in some circles. And I'm getting quite emotional as bringing it all back to me, Fat Larry, as you talk about there, the AIG Blue Dubs, the GEA Bertie Hearn, the 16 million that the Dubs were getting every year. There was a lot of vested interests in that game that would have forced Dublin to get the upper hand. You know, they had just lost an All-Narnel the previous year. And this was the first of, you know, ultimately five in a row. So whatever they did to beat Mayo that day, it gave them that extra spunk and that extra jizz they needed to go on and win in the following years.
0: Absolutely, TJ. And I mean, I'm sure we might talk about this again at some stage. Now, we might have obviously touched on it maybe in the past as well, once or twice. You know, what really, I suppose, what drew me to this game, I suppose, was not only the events that happened before the first game, during the first game, after the first game, and before the second game, during the second game itself. But it was actually the events that took place after the second game, far away from Crow Park, that really, you know, they really take me back and they really upset me, you know. And of course, we will—I'm sure—we'll talk about it again another time when we get a chance. But of course, it was corresponding heave that took place in the Ballyhane Clubhouse after, um, you know, the the loss to Dublin in that semi-final just when you think things were bad enough that we you know, lost that semi-final, you know, for this to happen then...
1: I would nearly suggest, Fat Larry, to you and to our listeners that it may not have been so much the, the two games against Dublin that changed your life, but maybe that particular incident in Ballyhane. I mean, I don't want to offend you or anyone, but it's almost as if you have an axe to bear over this cause. It's It's something that... You know, it's something that we hear about time and time again here. And it's obvious that you feel very strongly about it. Do you think that that incident has impacted on Mayo GA now today? Do you think we're in a different place because of that sequence of events?
0: Well, to answer your previous question, TJ, I mean, you asked, you asked, you know, firstly, did I have an axe to grind in relation to this? And, you know... I suppose to a small degree, I I, I might, you know, it it did, you know, it did prompt myself and yourself and another larger band of inbreds, I suppose, to come together and set up this um, Instagram page and podcast, which five years later, you know, still talks about it on a biweekly basis. And, you know, we make uh, videos and pictures and songs and, you know, a podcast as well loosely based around that one event. So to answer your previous question, there are some parts of that, um, that whole event that still, you know, bug me a little bit, you know. Um, as for the second question you asked in relation to, you know, Mayo GA, has it changed the way we work? Unfortunately, I, you know, I think it, it has impacted us as a, a Mayo or back organisation, but has it impacted Mayo GA at large? Unfortunately, I don't think it has. You know, I think we, uh, you know, we seem to be still making the same old mistakes. We still be, we still seem to be led by the same, you know, cohort of players who seem to be undermining the work that the, you know, that the undermining the work of the the managers and the team. And, you know, I think we still seem to be fighting and arguing amongst ourselves. And of course, uh, we still haven't won anything. So I think, you know, we haven't learned our lessons. And, you know, I suppose that probably prompts me to look back occasionally.
1: That's fabulous to hear, Fat Larry. And I suppose, you know, we want to get into the specifics of this game now because some of the listeners, they mightn't be fully, some of the listeners, you know, they'll have their questions. So how did your life change specifically? This game was played out over two days. This incident happened to Ballyhane. How did your life change? Have we already answered that question?
0: Well, I think we might have, you know, I might have touched on the subject, uh, maybe. But I think, you know, how has my life changed since then? Well, I haven't, you know, to put it plainly, I've probably not had a full night's sleep since without thinking about the, you know, the whole debacle, the whole, you know, incident with the two, with our joint managers. You know, um, I still think about, you know, Donald Drake quite regularly and the impact he has had on the Mayo team and on, and on my life. Um, and I suppose I, you know, the the whole game probably turned me into a massive inbred.
1: So fat, Larry. With that in mind, you as a massive fat inbred at the moment. If I was to offer you a little time, Porter, a little key, if you could go back, would you go back? And would you change anything?
0: You know, there are, uh, you know, there are a couple of things. I think, you know, we would have gone back, and we would probably have, you know, maybe, um got the keys of the Ballyhane clubhouse door and thrown them away. You know, we probably would have um, pegged stones at Jeremy Kennelly if we got the chance to try and uh, to get him out of play in the replay. Um, you know, and we probably would have, you know, in my own opinion, I would have probably liked to have started, you know, guys like Mickey Sweeney and uh, Neil Douglas and guys like that for the replay. I would have made the big decisions regardless of what players disagreed with me, if you get what I'm saying.
1: I think you, Fat Larry, and everyone listening here today, you know, had you been the manager, had you been one of the managers on the sideline that day, or had you been in your pomp as a player, you were one of the most pompous players I remember, you know, you would have really, could have seen yourself making a difference out there, either as in playing or in a managerial capacity. But unfortunately, I suppose for you and for almost every Inbred and Mayo, all we can do really is sit around and give out about it because we're so inconsequential and so unimportant in the grand scheme of things that really, it doesn't really matter a fuck what we say. And anyone that could ever get offended by any of the things that we say on here should really want to take a good long look at themselves.
0: I completely agree with you, TJ. I suppose... As we come towards the end of the programme, you know, I would always like to, you know, it would be in my nature to try and put a positive spin on things and to leave it on a positive note as best as we can. Now, as you know well, TJ, that's not easily done when Mayo GA is the hot topic of discussion. But what I will say to the listeners before you go, and I'm sure there's going to be some people out there who are looking back forlornly and maybe a little bit negatively about the whole incident that happened in 2015. But just remember... This COVID-19 is, you know, impacted our lives in a lot of ways, but one good positive thing to come from it is that due to social distancing, you know, incidences like the Ballyhane Clubhouse heave, you know, those sorts of events are not going to be allowed to happen again um, because, you know, you're not going to be allowed to have 30 players in a clubhouse at the same time, you know, having their political say. So, you know, I think... What we can all learn from it is, is that this whole situation that we're living in has, you know, it's meant that incidences like 2015 and the Ballyhane Clubhouse Eve, they can't happen again. I think we're safe from that now. We weren't safe before because, you know, we were leaderless and no one was, had any power to stop it happening again until this. So I think that is a positive to take from all this, for sure.
1: But Larry, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down with you and have this conversation. I mean, for the listeners there, your public health advice and the safety guidelines you're telling people to adhere to, they're just as important and as informative as your famous football brain and that unbelievable inbred knowledge you have of things on the ground, inside and outside the wider parameters of the circumference of this Mayo GA sphere or circle or oval, whichever way you look at it. But I think that that is probably going to wrap things up for us today. If you liked this idea for a podcast, you know, we'd be more than happy to get the rest of the gang. Anyone else that would like to come on and have a little wag with us, we'd love to discuss the game that changed your lives, but we're going to leave it there for today. I'm going to give Fat Larry the last word. He probably wants to, uh, Talk for another half an hour but I'm just going to tell him to keep it short and snappy. Fat Larry have you anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we head off there now?
0: Well TJ just before we go I'd like to just say thanks to yourself for you know making all of this happen you know and delivering this fantastic content to the inbreds out there at home and abroad. You know I've always seen myself as some sort of a you know an inbred you know icon to the people out there and you know I'm just happy to share my experiences and to you know inform and, you know, maybe, you know, put a bit of an expert view to the problems that we might have been having and, you know, the discussions that people might be having in their own homes. So, you know, for me to stand here and talk to you, it's been an honour and it's been a privilege. God bless.
1: Pat Larry, thank you very, very much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to the end of the podcast. Please do get in touch. If there's any other games you'd like us to cover or you have any questions for us, do give us a shout. We're going to leave the podcast out today on quite a a, a novel one here. This is sent in by a fan. We're talking about genuine fan-created content, and we absolutely love it. Thank you for supporting us always. Mayo do-do-do. And up mayo from the get-go. Goodbye.
2: McDonald's done. McDonald's. McDonald's, 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 they shut, shut, McDonald's, they pine, McDonald's, they pine, McDonald's. <laughs>